about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to continue to talk about the anointing of God that we started talking a couple weeks ago. And uh, the most important thing that God ever gave you, other than the new birth, is the anointing of God that you have in your life. He gave you the power of God because he knew that you were going to need the power of God to live here on earth the way you need to live. He's also given you the word of God. Now, the more word of God you know, the greater your authority is going to be here in the earth realm. You cannot enforce what you don't know is yours. As you spend time in the Word, you're going to discover all the things that God has already given you. Then you use your authority to enforce those things in your life. How many of you know that healing has been provided for you? Well, if you know that, you can use your authority to continue to walk in divine health. If you do not, then you won't even put up a fight when the time comes because you don't know it belongs to you. So the Word of God and the authority of God go together, and the anointing of God in your life is a very, very, very important thing. As a matter of fact, once God gives you His anointing, basically He's done. That'll make it quiet in here. Once he gives you his ability, he's basically done. Now it's your job to use that ability and that authority to live here in the earth realm in victory in every single area of your life. Most of the churches sat down here, got born again, then kept crying out for God to do something when God has already enabled you to do anything you need to be done here in the earth realm by the anointing that God has already given you. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us or stabilizes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is who? Praise God. Now if you're going to be anointed, that's the person you probably want to be anointed by. And has anointed you in God who has also sealed us and given us the earnest spirit in our hearts. So here's God telling you what he did after you got born again. He wants to stabilize you or establish you in the word of God and the anointing that you have. Because the word and the anointing go together. Say the word. word. And the anointing. anointing. They go together. That's why it's so important for you to know the word and start to use the word to start to flow in the anointing. And the anointing in your life, it is a flow. It's not a come and go. It's a flow, and it's something you can walk in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In other words, you can walk in victory, you can walk in peace, you can walk in joy. You can choose to do that because all those things are on the inside of you by the nature that God has placed in you. So I'm going to enforce my peace. How many know you have to enforce your peace? There may be a situation that comes in your life sometime in the next 10 years that wants to upset you. Come on, there may be some comes in your life wants to offend you. Maybe some comes in your life wants you to get an unforgiveness. What's that for? Let me tell you what it's for. It's an attack against the anointing of God you have on your life because the devil knows more than the church knows how important the anointing is in your life. And he wants to stop that flow coming out of the inside of you because it is the power of God. And he's already ran into the power of God one time. I mean, no, you don't want to do that again. No, but he can, what's on the inside of us. So he wants to establish us. So this morning we're going to establish you a little more in the anointing of God. Go to Acts chapter 1.
All right, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. This is right before Jesus went up to heaven, was seated at the right hand of the Father. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Notice here it says, you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power. When do you receive that power? After the Holy Ghost has what? Come where? Now notice, it doesn't say that you receive power when he came in you. How many know he came in you when you got born again? The Spirit of God took residence on the inside of you. Here it says he came, the power came upon you when the Holy Ghost came upon you. Say upon you. Amen. The word power here, if you look it up, is the word dunamis. It basically represents dynamite. Say dynamite. dynamite. It's dunamis power, God's ability, God's power. Basically, it's defined as a miracle. Say a miracle. miracle. Say, I have a miracle. I have a miracle. The Bible says how God anointed or rubbed and smeared Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So if the anointing is the Holy Ghost and power that he was rubbed and smeared with, how many of you know that you've been rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and with, with power? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now notice what it says. Does it say, after the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall receive power? What does it say? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Say upon. Upon. Say it again. So notice, it's not when the Holy Ghost comes down out of heaven and comes on you at certain times. That was the Old Testament. In other words, they didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside. The Spirit of God would come upon them sometimes because they couldn't sustain the Spirit of God, and they'd be used by God. But notice, the Holy Ghost does not come on you. It comes upon you. Now, if you break that down, it means up, on. Say up, on. So that means the Spirit of God in my life that came to live on the inside of me when I got born again, when I get baptized in the Holy Ghost, will come up on me. Are you following me? It's like if you take a glass of water and you pour water in it and you fill it up to the top, how many know it's filled, filled with water? Yeah. Well, you got filled with the Holy Ghost when you got born again. But if you keep pouring, how many know it runs down over the sides, all the way down the side of the glass, every place? That's what the Holy Ghost does when he comes up on you. What is it? It's a different experience called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's what gives you the power, say the power, to operate as a real live kingdom citizen. See, it comes up on you, so there's power on me. Notice, when power comes upon you, what happens? You will be a witness. Say a witness. Now, what good is a witness if he has no evidence to witness with? So first he says you're going to have power. What's that power for? For you to be a witness. So it's evident to me that if you're going to be a good witness, you have to learn to use the power to be a good witness. Is this too deep? See, there's nothing to it, basically. So there's got to be evidence. So your lifestyle should have evidence of supernatural power in your life. See, it's more than handing out a track. That's fine. But how many know you don't need an anointing to hand out a track? You need an anointing to have signs and wonders and miracles following you when you're operating in the power of God because the Spirit of God is already upon you. Praise God. All right, go up to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, look at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. How many know he probably wasn't expecting what he got? 
Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, I want to show you, this is the church. Say, this is the church. This is who we are. We're born again here. Notice they come across this person who is crippled, and notice the first thing they said. They said, look on God. Look at heaven. Look at Jesus. No, they said what? Look on us. Say, look on us. Now, the church has told you to look every place but yourself. But you're the one with the anointing that God has given you to do what God wants to do in that situation. Are you following me? That's why he gave the anointing of God. So first of all, he says, look on us. And he looked at them. Now watch what he says. Such as I have, not such as God has, not such as Jesus has, not such as anybody, such as I have, I'm going to give to you. What did he have? He had a miracle. He had the power of God in his life that was already there. He'd been anointed with the Spirit of God. But notice, the early church knew it. I'm going to say it again. The early church knew it. They knew what they had. It went beyond just getting saved, going to church, shaking hands, eating and all that stuff. They knew that they had power before. And notice, they were on their way to prayer, not on the way out of prayer. That tells me they might have been walking in this. See, somebody wants prayer for us. We need to get away and pray for about 45 minutes to an hour to get ready to do it. They were walking in this on their way to prayer, and on their way to prayer, they had power in their life, and that power in their life caused this person to jump up and basically be healed and walk for the first time in his entire life. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord had come up on them and was resting upon them, and they had that ability. Now, if we're called by the church just to pray and ask God to heal, God would not have to anoint us. We would just pray, and God would shoot down from heaven and, and tax somebody. Are you following me? No, the anointing and the power that you got was given to you so that you could do what God enabled you to do. So the church is supposed to be doing these things on a daily basis when you run into somebody, when you run into a difficulty, you have the answer to it. And people say, well, it's just Jesus who does all this stuff. No, Jesus was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. That's how he did everything he did. And now we're Men and women anointed by the... So we're supposed to be doing the same thing he is because it's the same ghost. Come on, we didn't get a little ghost. We didn't get a, We got an old ghost. We got a wore out ghost. We got the ghost, praise God. Come on. Come on, it's the same Holy Spirit. He, he's not getting old. He's not getting carried away. He's not, not interested anymore. No, the Spirit of God is upon us, and now we have the ability to do this. And I'll tell you what, Jesus, was there sick people when Jesus was 28? How come he didn't heal? anybody. Wasn't it Jesus? Jesus I'm talking about? He didn't heal anybody. Why? Because the Spirit of God did not come upon him yet and empowered him to do it. Come on now. You've got to get out of this idea that Jesus functioned as God down here. He didn't. He functioned as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Because if you think it's just God down here and he did it because he's God, then you can't do it because you ain't. But if he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost and then God born you again and anointed you with the Holy Ghost, then you can do the same things that Jesus did because he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So there's 28. Didn't God care about people being sick? Didn't God care about the devil? Jesus 29, nothing happening. But one day, when he got baptized in the River Jordan, the Spirit of God came up on him, praise God. And then what happened immediately, he started going around destroying the works of the devil because of the power of God that he had on him at that time, praise God. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So we have the same ability. We've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have the Spirit of God. The Bible calls the Spirit on the inside of you a well that springs up. Say springs up. So that means peace. If you stay in faith, will spring up. Joy will spring up. But if you shut that well down, joy will not. How many know you can tell when somebody's well stops springing? Come on now. Hi, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I ever asked that. My God, that was the dumbest thing I ever did. You saw their faith, and they're going to tell you how it's been going. And before they're done, you're going to need somebody to help you because they just sucked all the joy out of the inside of you at the same time. Come on now. Everything gone wrong, everything terrible, everything, and it'll tear it out of the inside of you. That's why you need to be ready at all times to have a full well on the inside of you. Well, the spirit in you is a well, but the spirit flowing out, the Bible says, a river will flow out of the inside of you. What is that? The power of God. But notice, you will not be able to flow in the river unless you protect the well. And when you understand how important the anointing is in your life, you'll stop getting upset at stupid stuff knowing that the devil just robbed you of what you had and the power and ability that you had on the inside of you, you're not going to give it up. See, it's mine, praise God. You ain't taking my anointing from me, praise God. I need it. Well, you need it to preach. I need it to be a good husband. I need it to be a good grandpa. I need it to be all those things. In my daily life, I need to walk in the anointing of God at all times, not just when I'm preaching or laying hands or doing this. I want to live an anointed life. I want to have joy all the time. The clock's ticking. Every time you get upset for three days, you just lost three days. It's not like God said, okay, repent it. I'll give them back. No, they're gone, praise God. So I got the anointing, and I'm going to protect the anointing, praise God. And I'm going to protect that well, and I'm going to protect that river whenever it needs to flow out, praise God. And what does it flow out? When you run into a needy person. How many of you know that's not too difficult? You can go anywhere, and you're going to run into a needy person before it's over with, because everybody mostly out there is needy. What does that do? That draws the anointing from the compassion of God that's on the inside of you to operate in that, to set somebody free. That's what God wants to do. So you've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you, but you've also got this anointing on the inside of you. Such as I have, I give thee. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go up to Acts chapter 4. Okay, Acts chapter 4, look at verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst of them, they asked, this is after the miracle was done, by what power or by what name have you done this? Verse 8, Peter says, filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders, if we this day be examined of the good deed to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there's your authority, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even him does this man stand here before you whole. Now look at verse 9 again. If we be examined today for the good deed, say good deed. Say good deed. Now notice, the good deed that was done was not them going to prayer. It was not them being good little boys and good little girls and going to prayer. The good deed he's talking about is a deed of power that raised up somebody who could not walk and gave them a miracle that day so they could get up and they walked and they leaped and they praised God. So that was a good deed. Say good deed. Now remember what we, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good 
What was the good that he did? Healed all those that were oppressed of the devil. See, we see good deed and we're so religious because we were raised in a denomination that we just think it means to be good. I'm doing pretty good. You going to heaven? I've been pretty good. I'm probably, I think I'm not, I think I've done more good things than bad things. And God's not talking about those good things. He's talking about the ability that he's placed on the inside of us to do deeds that are above the natural thinking and above the natural realm where we can set people free by the power of God that's on the inside of us. Are you following me? So here he says, good deed. What, let's just go there. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Got time this morning, we can digress every now and then. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should so not notice I love this this foreordained stuff and this pre stuff so God before you were even born into the earth realm had already preordained supernatural acts of power that you were supposed to do once you got born again and got in the kingdom of God here he says he was created and notice what it says for we are say we are say I am see most of the church is trying to become spending their whole life trying to become his workmanship. Well, if I go to church one more time, if I pray a little bit better, if I do a little bit more good things. No, the day you got born again, you became his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, and he created you so that you could do good works or works of power, works of authority, supernatural works. So here comes the church. They take this word. They got a crippled man at the gate. They say, hallelujah, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, you rise up and walk. Such as I have, the guy gets a miracle. And the first thing the regular church does is call them on the carpet and punish them for doing what they were created to do. Much the same today. See, this is, this is, this is the kingdom church. It may not be normal Christianity. It may not be denominational. See, it's not. It's kingdom operation. It's normal kingdom operation, praise God. It's what we were born again to do and what we're supposed to be doing. And when you step into this, the first thing you're going to lose sight of is you. Thank you, Jesus. Because the more you tend to you, the more people don't like you because you tend to you. See, it's not about you. You are here for a purpose, and most of that purpose is not you ministering to you. It's you doing what God has already told you to do. Praise God. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God, how many of you are in the kingdom of God? Yes. Notice the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in? Power. See, denominations are in word. Christianity mostly is in word. But if you're a kingdom person, you're operating in? Power. It's all about power. You see, the kingdom of God is all about power. It's not about what you're doing, it's about what he did. 
It's not about what's going on or I'm doing right or wrong. It's about the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you, and you've got supernatural ability now to walk just like you were in heaven in the same victory, in the same everything. So notice, and, and Paul proved that. Just go to, where are we at? Let's see. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians 2, look at verse 4. Paul says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man and wisdom, but there was a demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul says, I'm just not going talking. I'm just not just shouting stuff out there. I'm just, how many know there's a lot of preaching out there with no power? There's a lot of preaching out there with no Spirit of God. And you can tell, I'll tell you, when you get deep into guilt and condemnation, most of the time it's not the Spirit of God. It's without the Spirit of God. In other words, I get behind this pulpit every Sunday and I can say, hey, are you tithing? Bless God, you better be tithing. Those people don't tithe, they're going to hell. I'll tell you that right now, praise God. And God watching you. As you pull your pocketbook out right now, he's counting all the dollar bills you got in there. And he wants 10%. It's a tithe offering, but the tithe offering is just simply give you the word. When you tithe, you obey God. The kingdom of heaven's open. He pours out a blessing upon you. He can't contain. Thank you very much. Let's take up. Now you've got a decision to make, don't you? You're not pressured to do it. If you, oh, I don't believe that. I ain't going to do it. Then don't do it. But I'm not pressuring you. Do you see what I mean? I'm not pushing you to do that because I believe the word carries power with it. And if that word's received, it causes demonstrations. In other words, if you hear it, obey it, get excited, start tithing, all at once there's going to be a demonstration of finances in your life. Peace, joy, all those things. So the Word of God goes forth, and Paul says, when I preach, there's a demonstration that goes with it. It's just not a bunch of talk, just not a bunch of gab. There's power that goes with it, and he expected that to happen. All right, go to Mark 16. Say, the kingdom of God kingdom is about power. Is All right, Mark 16, once again, this is Jesus right before he left. How many of you know he probably said some pretty important things right before he left? Come on, if you were on your deathbed and you had three minutes to live, you probably would say something pretty nice about some people. Or Come on now, or something. You want to get out there before you left, so you're saying it's probably some pretty important stuff. Verse 15 says, And Jesus said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and they drink any deadly thing that shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and what will happen? They will recover. Now this is an important scripture because this is talking about the, the normal church. What does a normal church do? Well, they go into all the world and they preach the gospel to every creature and they that believe, not they that pastor, not they that are on TV, not they that God loves more than the other one, they that believe, these signs shall follow them. So let me ask you, are these signs following you? See, are they following you? Are you seeing people healed? Are you seeing devils come out of people? Are you seeing, you know, are you praying in tongues? I'm not telling you to go out and find some dirty creek and drink out of it and see if you don't die. I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But are we doing these things? These are the normal things. But what the church has done instead is spent all their time praying and asking God to do these things 
God cast the devil out of Joe. God do this over Billy. God heal this one. God heal that one. God heal that one. God gave you the anointing ability so you would do these things, not that he would do these things. Well, I just believe God's the only one that heals anybody. Well, does God pray in tongues for you? Oh, Lord, pray in tongues for me. I think I hear it. No. These are things that we do and can do simply because of power that we don't understand that we've got. And I'll tell you what, it's there. It's there, and if you happen to venture out and make a mistake and use it, come on, it'll start work a thing. And I'll tell you, the biggest surprise in the world will be you. Will be you. You'll say, oh, my God, the Bible's really telling the truth. I thought somebody tore that Mark 16 out of there and gave it to somebody else and made a paper airplane out of it and sent it out of there. And sometimes it happens by mistake. Sometimes somebody will put you in a situation where you have to accidentally use it. And then when it works, you're just saying, my God, I can't believe this worked. I tell the story all the time. The first time I ever did it, I was at a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting. Knew nothing about the power. They had the leaders. I said, they had the leaders up there praying for the sick. And there's so many sick that came that they needed other people. So they called me up front, and Vinny was there also. And Vinny came to be my catcher, and I came to pray over people. Never laid a hand on a person in my life before. I was a brand-new Christian, praise God. I was just going there to get something, not to give anything, praise God. Going to get another touch from God. If I got enough touches, I'd be ready to do something, you know. And I'd still be getting touched and not doing anything. But praise God, they called me up front, and they just said, we want you to lay hands on people. I said, all right. And the little old lady comes up and says, I got a granddaughter up north who's got a hole in her heart. And I was thinking, hangnail. Scratch on the leg. Give me something I can work with here, God. No. So praise God, I didn't know what to do, so I closed my Everybody does it. I close their eyes. Take a good stance. Start to raise your hand up and put it on their head. And I got about here, and the person fell right down in the middle of the floor. Didn't get up for like an hour. I thought, dear Lord Jesus. I said, I know that scripture. The word's true. And I put it back in the holster. And I waited for the next person to come because this baby's loaded. You understand? And now I wanted cancer. I wanted tuberculosis. I wanted, forget the hangnails. Go down to that person down there. He's a hangnail person. I'm no big. I got the big guns here. But it happened by accident. See, it happened when there were so many there. And that's what taught me that it works. And, it, and the more you work it, the more it works, and the more the anointing grows in your life, see? The more you practice anything, how many know the better you get at it, praise God, whether it's riding a bike or anything else. So we don't have to pray and ask God to do these things. This says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, how can we do these things? We can do these things because the Spirit of God is in us and has come up upon us in our lives, and that power's there. Now, do I have to feel the power? We're going to have to believe the Word, aren't we? I'll tell you when it works the most is when you do not feel it, because then all your faith has to be in the Word. When you have a feeling, you can go 50-50, the Word and the feeling, but the most power is when you don't feel anything. And you're just going by the Word of God and faith. Now, how about if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, can you see people get healed from you? Can you? You can, can't you? There's such a thing out there as faith, basically. And if you can get the person to believe, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, and you do it, they can receive whether you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. But baptism of the Holy Spirit is something you need. And most of us in here have, and it's there. And you want to pray in tongues, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the... Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Now look at verse 19. So notice, once again, they obeyed the Lord. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, 
The Lord working what? The Lord working what? With. Say with. Notice, he does not work for you. He works with you. The Lord works with them. What does he do? He confirms the word with signs following. Now, if the Spirit of God's upon you to confirm the word that you're putting out there, then it's important that you know the right word to put out there so he can confirm it. Are you following me? You can't walk up to somebody who's sick and say, well, God might heal you. He might not heal you. Sometimes he's in a good mood. Sometimes he's having a bad day, and I'll pray for you. How many know he can't confirm that? Because it's not the right word. The word is you're healed. The word is you're delivered. The word is come out. The word is be free. The word is, so as long as you're lining up with that, he will confirm it, but he won't confirm words that are not from God himself, praise God. So notice the Lord wants to work with us. The Bible says that we are co-laborers. How many of you know that worked along with God? Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 24. Say, I've been rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and power. All right, Luke chapter 24, look at verse 49. Once again, the last thing that Jesus said in Luke before he left. Are you noticing maybe a pattern here? Verse 49, he says, And behold, I send the promise. Now, how many of you know what the promise is? Holy Spirit, the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So before you go, before you go preach, be endued. It says, put on power, clothe yourself in power, cover yourself in power, be infused with power from on high. Now, first time I've read this, it really bothered me because how many know that they went to the school of Jesus? And they were in Jesus' school for three and a half years, and if they knew anything, you think they would know something because they had the world's best teacher. And he tells him to go preach, so why in the heck, as soon as he goes up, why not run out there and just start preaching the word all over the place? Because they had to know what the word was, because they had not yet been endured with the power to back up the word that they were going to preach. So even if they preached the right word, there was no ability there to back up the word they were preaching, and it wouldn't have worked, praise God. So they needed that ability on them. So be infused, it says, be endued with power on time. A long time ago, I was, I, I was excited. I was new. I loved the Lord. I wanted to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I was seeing other people doing. I was watching people on TV and everybody doing. And I was all excited. I said, Lord, do more miracles. Come on, you've got to do more miracles. People need miracles. Do more miracles. Do more miracles. And God cut in and said, I'm going to hold you responsible for every miracle you don't do. I said, oh, my God, did that change the conversation? I found out I had a part to play in this other than to just say, do it, do it, do it, God, do it. You know, he, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it through you. So he's going to do it with the power and ability that you already have on the inside of you. Notice here it says you will be clothed with power. Say clothed with power. Now, if you go all the way back in the garden, when they rebelled and they sinned, how many know the Bible says that they were naked at that time? What happened? They lost their clothing. Yes. What happened? The Spirit of God left them when they rebelled. All have sinned and come short of the of God. Why? They sinned and they lost their clothing. He's talking about spiritual clothing here. But Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ went to the cross. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Jesus Christ said, just wait a minute. He went to heaven and he poured out his Spirit upon... Hallelujah. You got any flesh? 
Glory to God. Then the Spirit of God has already come upon you. There is power upon you, praise God. You've been reclothed with the power of God. So now you gotta now we gotta get practical. Why do a lot of Christians spend their time worrying and in fear? Because they believe worry and fear is bigger than the anointing that they have on the inside to take care of those things. I mean, no, there's no comparison. The anointing you have is much, much, much bigger than the circumstances that you run into each and every day because you have been rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and power. Say, I've been rubbed rubbed and smeared smeared with the Holy Ghost Ghost and power. power. All right, go to John 14. All right, John 14, very, very uh, scripture everybody pretty much knows. Look at verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, surely, surely, I say unto you, Jesus says, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So here's Jesus prophesying of this future generation that we're in right now, a greater generation. What's going to happen? I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do. Who's the he? We are. Greater works than these shall he do. Who's the he? We are. We are. What's he talking about? The works that we're going to do. Now, why does he say once he goes up to heaven, we're going to be doing these works? Because we're going to do them the same way that Jesus did. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, and we will be anointed with the Holy Ghost in power when he goes back up and sends the Holy Ghost into our lives. Are you following me? And it says greater works in here, and everybody says, well, what are the greater works he's going to do? Well, if you look up that word, I believe, it doesn't mean greater in proportion. It means greater in number. In other words, how many of you know one million Christians could get a lot more healed in a day than Jesus could? Because Jesus can only be in one place at one time. If you're sick in Stuart and he's in Port St. Lucie, you're in trouble. But there's some of us everywhere. There's people everywhere. There are these kingdom people everywhere. You can get healed in Africa if you run into the right person. You can get healed in China if you run into the right or wrong person, depending on how you think. You get devil cast out, right or wrong, praise God. But it can happen. Why? Because there's so many of us. That's what he expected us to do, go into all the world and do all these greater these works basically all over the world. So the opportunity of getting healed or delivered are a lot better today. Back then you had to come to Jesus or run into Jesus or you weren't going to get anything, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 4. You need to talk yourself into getting excited about the power of God you have. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Hey, I'm anointed today. Praise God. There's an anointing on me today. Glory to God. I got some ability in me today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope I run into a couple devils today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom basically is the spirit of God and power is going to enter you and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people who were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy. And he did what? Healed them. Now how many know that pretty well covers the spectrum of the difficulties that you could possibly have? But he healed every single one of them as they brought them to him. Say, brought them to him. 
All right, go to Mark chapter 1. And when this stuff starts operating, the church is going to look a lot different than it looks now. There's going to be some days, I believe, where we do our praise and worship and we ain't got time to preach because we're too busy healing everybody who came to get healed or deliver the devil cast out of them. Praise God. We'll just be too busy. Mark chapter 1, look at verse 32. And at evening when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils and all the city was gathered together at the door. Now, how do you like that? My God, could you imagine that? Can you imagine coming here sometime in all Fort Pierce and standing out here in the parking lot, lined up out here waiting to get into church because there was healing or deliverance in this place and there was a reason to come? Say a reason to come. So why were people being brought, the whole city being brought to Jesus? Why were they being brought to him? Because since he believed he had the power, they believed he had the power. Why would they come? Why would the whole city come unless they thought they were going to get something from this guy? You know, did you hear about this guy? This guy's anointed. This guy has the anointing. And we've been taught to say, I don't have any anointing. I don't have any glory. God's got all the glory. Well, then how are you going to do anything? How are you going to heal the sick? How are you going to cast out the devil if you ain't got any supernatural power to do it with? But notice the whole city was coming. Why? Because Jesus knew. If you remember the scripture that he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He didn't say, the Spirit of the Lord might be here, he might not be here. He's on somebody's lives and others' lives, but not my life. He, no, he preached, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, now can we, can we talk the same thing? We can, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon. And, and don't just believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You sick? Let me get a hold of the pastor. If you need me to help, I will, but you don't really need my help if you only knew it. you got the same ghost that I got, Amen. praise God. Come on now. Amen. You can do it right out there in the parking lot. You don't have to call me up, make an appointment, do all this kind of stuff. No, you don't have to do that. There's power in every single one, and he expected every single one, praise God, to go out and do what everybody does. As a matter of fact, I should do less because once I ordain you and get you to understand what's going on, they can't even get to me. Before they get to the door, they're already healed, praise God. Amen. And what does it do? It draws people, don't it? I mean, if you've been sick for 10 years and you find out that somebody's got an anointing to set you free, I'll tell you what, why don't people go to the doctor? They believe there's help there. I would like to go to somebody where you don't have any bills. No medicine, no side effects except jumping and leaping and praising God. I mean, no, that's a good side effect. See, this is what's supposed to be happening. We get so mad at the health system. We get so mad at this. Well, if we'd be doing what we're supposed to be doing, you wouldn't have to worry about those things, praise God, because we'd be operating in it. And I tell you, we're going to this level. I feel it. I've been feeling it for 25 years, but now I feel it. It's in here. It's in here. Because we're going to start operating in this stuff, praise God. Hallelujah. People are going to get healed and delivered. And I'll tell you what, you get one person set free, and they will not shut up. Remember Jesus? Jesus, don't say anything. Well, how, how is a blind man who's been blind for 10 years going to walk around seeing? How, how can you see? I ain't going to say anything. I'm still blind. They had, didn't you have to say something when he said that? What was he trying to do? He's trying to get a break. Come on, couldn't even go in the cities anymore. He had to go out in the country in a tent someplace. 
Why? Because the people were chasing him down. How did that go? It went word of mouth, then it, word of mouth, then it, word of mouth. He, he, I got healed. He's healing people. People are getting touched. People are getting healed. Like the old healing ministry back in the evangelistic days when the healing revival hit, praise God. All these revivals that took place are building towards one major revival. You understand? Healing was for a time, and it's still there. Faith was for a time, it's still there. The charismatic outpouring was there for a time, and it is still there. The joy movement was for a time, and it's still there. God wants you to take all these things, not stay. Well, I'm in the faith movement, and we don't have joy in the faith movement. We're faith people. We're serious about the Word of God. We don't do it. Praise God. Well, we're from the Holy Ghost movement. We don't have time to read the Word. Come on, and that's what we've done, haven't we? Some people are still back in the holiness revival. My God, you got to wear long pants. You can't wear no makeup. You can't. Women, I implore you, wear makeup in this church. Jesus, I implore you. See, but there's still people back in those holiness churches, you know, that they haven't gone any further. They thought the whole kingdom of God was wrapped up in holiness, in faith, in this. No, the kingdom of God is everything that expands in all heaven and all earth, praise God. It's bigger than what we're seeing. It's bigger than what we're involved in. But all these things have been provided. Do you need faith? Yes, you do. Do you need the charismatic Holy Ghost move? Yes, you do. Do you need joy? Yes, you do. I mean, even joy is enough to draw people in this day and age with what's going on, praise God. So what are we doing? All these movements God has placed in there, thrown a little bit in there, is growing together. And if you've been through all these or in all these or aren't these, just study them and find out what was going on and just keep growing in the things of God because the power of God is going to work in your life, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to First Timothy or Second Timothy chapter 1. And don't think anybody's exempt from this because I had people that I ran around with who I'll tell you what, I didn't even believe God could save. <laughs> you ever have a person like that? I said, God, you can't even save these people. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if I want them in heaven. Just send them to hell and get it over with. Praise God. <laughs> you ever felt that way with somebody? Hi, God. Tried to witness to them. All they do is drive me nuts. Praise God. And then once they got born again and they're running past you, you're saying, what happened here? My God, he's casting out devils and healing the sick. He's, and then you get mad at God. He's only been born again two months. I've been born again for 20 years. And he's doing all this stuff. Yeah, he simply read it, believed it, and started doing it, and it worked for him. But what are you doing? You're waiting to grow into it. After 30 years at TCVC, I'm going to cast the devil out. <laughs> Praise God. You'll probably have so many devils by that time, you won't be able to cast. Come on. Do you see what I mean? We're on this time thing. But this, this born again experience was a now thing. Spirit of God came in, the power of God came in, the anointing of God came in, all your freedom came in, everything belongs to you came in on the inside, praise God. All the kingdom benefits came in because you moved into a country and all those benefits were years. So now is the time. As a matter of fact, the Bible might say today is the day of salvation. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is also in thee. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of thy hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So he's telling you that this gift on the inside of you can be stirred up. Say stirred up. 
There's a way of stirring it up. There's a way of activating. Here it says it's a spirit of, and this is the key, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say fear. Fear. So now we know that fear doesn't help stir anything up on the inside of you. So you got to stop being afraid of this, stop being afraid of that, stop being afraid of this, but it's of power and love and a sound mind. So what am I going to have to do? First, I'm going to have to get a sound mind. I'm going to have to renew my mind on the Word of God so that I know the perfect will of God in my life so I can enforce that will in my life. Second of all, I'm going to have to walk in love. I said I'm going to have to walk in love. I want to love those that are nice, and I don't want to love those that are not nice. They don't work that way, does it? So we got to walk in love. What's he telling you to do? He's telling you to protect what's already on the inside of you. This all needs protected. In order to do that, you've got to stay out of this natural realm and stay looking in here on the inside. What's important to God? You were not only created by God, but you were created for God. See, when you get up in the morning, it's not what I should, what should I do today? It's what can I do for you? Because you were created this day for me to do something for you, not just, well, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go here. i got my day all planned, and that's what I'm going to do. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, see, because God has a plan for you. So I want to stay stirred up on the inside. If something comes against me, and I know, and how many know you know? You know when you got punched in the spiritual gut. You can feel that offense come. You can feel that unforgiveness come. You can feel that hurt come. You can feel it. you got to get that thing out of there, praise God. you got to pluck it and get it out of there. Why? Because it's affecting your anointing in your life. All right, one more. Go to Philemon. Yes, it's in your Bible. It's right after Titus. For, the, for those looking in the Old Testament, it's right after Titus in the New Testament. You've got something this morning, and I tell you, it's a very valuable thing. I don't know if you know it or not, but you need to study and find out what you have on the inside of you because there is power in you that you've not tapped into yet. Hallelujah. Some of you are excited about this. Some of you are half excited. Some of you are not excited. It depends how often you've heard about this. I mean, you know, the more you hear, faith comes by and by and by and by and by. Just don't come by having heard one time and, oh, I got it. It doesn't work that way, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, did you find it? Yes. All right, we're going to go to chapter 1. <laughs> Look at verse 4. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus Christ and towards how many of the saints? Verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual in your life by the acknowledging of every good thing which is, which is, which is in you in Christ Jesus. So see, we've got testimonies as, uh, uh, I got this out here. I got a new house and I got a new car and I got a raise. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how much do you testify about what you really got? But you really acknowledge it. What's happening to you today? I am one anointed dude. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, the anointing of God's all over me. I am rubbed and smeared all over the place. Don't get too close. If you don't want to knock down, praise God, because there's glory on the inside of me. I got the faith of God on the inside of me. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I walk in the power of God. I got authority in the name of Jesus. Praise God. See, we don't acknowledge these things. We acknowledge the material things, which, which aren't bad. But how many know this? This is what causes material things to come in your life. So I'm going to acknowledge who I am. I'm going to acknowledge what's on the inside of me. I'm going to, well, you're just pride and boasting. No, I'm just quoting the word. 
If he didn't want to make me a new creation, he shouldn't have did it. If he didn't want to anoint me, it's not my fault I'm anointed, it's his. You want to get mad because I'm anointed? Talk to him. See, all these things have been provided for us. That's who we are. And to walk in this stuff, you're going to have to understand your own identity of what Jesus has already done for you and what's been provided to give you the authority. So start acknowledging it. The best place to do it is in the morning. How many of you look in the mirror in the morning? Thank God. Well, when you look in the mirror in the morning, talk to yourself. Man, you're one, one anointed dude today. Praise God. I'm telling you what. Power God's all over you today. I'm telling you right now. Look out, devil. Here I am. Glory to God. I'm full of the power. Because I'll tell you what, you're going to believe you more than you're going to believe anybody else. See? You'll be able to walk up to you and say, you're anointed. Oh, no. No, I'm not really anointed. That was an anointed sermon. No, not really. That was God preaching the sermon. No, see, don't be afraid to claim the anointing. He's the one that gave it to you. And as a matter of fact, you couldn't preach right anyway without what he gave you, so you might as well just accept that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Say, I am a new creation. In Christ Jesus, Jesus. all the old things things have passed away. away. All God things things are brand new. new. I am filled filled with the Spirit of God. God. I have the Spirit Spirit. in me. me. I have the Spirit Spirit upon me. me. I choose choose to obey the Lord, Lord. go into the world, world. preach the gospel, gospel. heal the sick, sick. cast out the devil, devil. speak in tongues, By the anointing that God has given me, I have the name of Jesus above every other name that gives me authority to implement, to receive, to enforce God's will in my life and in everybody's life around me. I choose to no longer live like a denominational person, like a normal Christian. I choose to live like a kingdom citizen full of the power of God bringing heaven's will into the earth in Jesus' name. All right, praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning.